0: Uh, Let's ask God uh, to help us as we look into his word. Let's pray. God, our Father, we uh, ask that uh, you use the words that I have prepared uh, to help us respond to you appropriately. And may your spirit cause us uh, to turn to you in faith and repentance uh, and respond appropriately for your gift of reconciliation. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, What's the major problem with our world? Uh, When I googled this, there were the top, biggest problems on the UN list. Climate change, wars and military conflicts, human rights violations. Most of these issues are directly or indirectly related to relationships. It's basically about how we relate to each other and the world. The problems have arisen out of broken relationships. The solution to the problem will be restored relationship. Relationship is a way of seeing it moving forward. Let's see whether I can do this. Oh, that's good. Broken relationships. By the way, I was too anxious to introduce the talk and uh, I forgot to mention that my name is Lawrence and uh, I'm one of the elders here, and it's my privilege to share this with you. So in the broadest sense, reconciliation means coming together. The dictionary defines reconciliation as a situation in which two people or groups of people become friendly again after they've argued. Now in Australia, we will soon have the voice referendum, and at its heart, it's about reconciliation. Reconciliation and the strengthening relationship between Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people and non indigenous people for the benefit of all Australians. Now it's important to seek reconciliation as God desires that we are to live with peace in peace with everybody as much as it depends on us. However, in the context of God's word, we have a bigger and more important issue our reconciliation with God. Last week, Pastor Clinton reminded us that we are justified and are in the right relationship with God because of Jesus, and we can rejoice even in suffering. So God can use all the difficulties of our lives to bring us even greater blessing to accomplish His purposes. We can be confident that we have this hope of glory of God That means heaven awaits those who are reconciled to God. Now in the passage before us, and that was read by uh, Simon, uh, the Apostle Paul opens up more of how this right relationship with God actually has been achieved. And we'll look at what it means for us. Um, I've also forgot to mention that uh, there are transcripts that's out there and also on uh, the website. So if you want to follow You can do that. But I must confess also that uh, the transcript is not something uh, completely what I'm going to say in its totality because I've been thinking about it a bit more after the transcript was sent out. But please bear with me. So we look at it in three headings. Uh, The first is that still helpless Christ died for us. God proves his love for us as Christ died for us. The second one. The third one is... Saved from God's wrath and reconciled to God through Jesus' death and resurrection. So looking at the first heading, while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for us. Now think of a time when uh, you had a disagreement with someone. How did you come to a resolution? Normally you and the other person would come together to work out Uh, Something like your side of the story and the other person will come and explain what their side of the story is. And uh, you come together in a process of reconciliation. Both parties working together. However, if you have looked at the verses that we have read just now, uh, our condition before God uh, tells us something very different. So the Apostle Paul described our condition as this. Actually, is hopeless because we were helpless, ungodly, we were sinners, and God's enemies. Now, we sometimes hear that uh, God helps them uh, who helps themselves. Uh, this is not what these verses teach. Uh, Romans teaches us that God helps them that cannot help themselves. Now, our atheist friends uh, will uh, say that we need to grow up take our responsibility. Um, they say in the past we uh, have this uh, idea that we have to depend on the gods, but we under- we do not understand how the world works. But now we know better, and we do not need to seek approval from anyone. And our religious friends will tell us that we need to come to God by some form of good works so that we can be acceptable to him. And the Apostle Paul, in his day, had to contend with some people who said that you can be a Christian but you have to do uh, something like obeying the law of Moses. But here the Apostle Paul said we contribute nothing to our right relationship with God to be reconciled to him. So there's nothing that we can do to contribute to this reconciliation because we were ungodly, sinners, and God's enemies. Now this might be shocking uh, for those of us who think that we are moral people and sometimes uh You might think that uh, we can come to God on our merits because we are not that bad. Now, in Luke's gospel, Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that were religious and looked down on everybody else. Now, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now, the Pharisee was standing and praying like this about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like the other person. Greedy, unrighteous, adulterous, and even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of everything I get, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now how does this apply to us? I think the only way to come to God is to be like a tax collector, in humble repentance saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, if we do not know our true condition before God, we will not seek a solution. And if we think that we can come to God on our merit, trying to do our best, getting our lives together, we do not understand our true condition before God or the grace of God for us. So while we're still helpless, Christ died for us. The only way to come to God is like the tax collector. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Moving on to the second heading. Now, The second heading says, When we were sinners, God proves his love for us. Christ died for us. Now imagine that you have a big disagreement with someone close to you. Who is the one that normally comes to make peace? Is it you or the other person? Here we see the main initiator of the relationship in restoration between us and God He's God Himself. He proves His love for us by sending Jesus to die for us. In verse 7, it says, For rarely will someone die for a just or righteous person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. The Apostle Paul contrasts this that we will lay down our lives for those we consider worthy. Now, very rarely uh, would anyone, like a righteous or just person, probably you would not die for that person because the person might be righteous, but it could be cold, clinical, and unattractive. But a good man, sometimes you might possibly dare to die because they might be warm, generous, and appealing. Uh, we can be very generous to those we consider worthy of our affection and respect. But what's so unique about God is that Christ gave himself to the horrors of the death on the cross, to undeserving sinners. God proves his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Sorry, it's a bit too small, but it says, God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now that is the objective that is the objective demonstration of God's love. So Jesus was born in a certain time, a certain place, and he dies a real death upon a real cross. Christ offered himself as the supreme sacrifice on behalf of us because Jesus took our place. About 700 years ago before Jesus, we read in Isaiah, just in the Old Testament passage, that he was pierced because of our rebellion crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquities of us all. And in Second Corinthians chapter 5, the apostle Paul speaking of Jesus said, he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him he might become the righteousness of God. So we have sinned And we are justly under God's condemnation as we have openly rebelled against his good plans for our lives. And we're heading to sin and death, to eternity in hell. Jesus took our place by taking on our condemnation, by dying on the cross for us so that we can be reconciled to God. What does that mean for us? Now, there have been many times I've experienced God's love for me as I've become aware of how much he loved me as I'm forgiven when I confess my sin. Do you ever have that experience? Now, if you have, you would have this verse in your mind because it is confirmed to you that if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. However, in the storms of life, if we, um, I think we all get storms of life, we sometimes get disoriented. And we are doubtful in our experience of God. But this is the objective side of God's love. Jesus died a real death on the cross. So no matter how you feel, Christ truly died for you. Our feelings go up and down, but the truth of God remains. Imagine that you're on a plane, and there's turbulence, and there's fog all around. You cannot see where the runway is. Uh, what do the pilot do? The pilot, do not panic because he cannot see around him. He relies on the instruments on his plane, flying in the midst of the fog to guide the plane to land safely on the runway. We should be like the pilot, trusting the instrument on the plane in the fog as we walk by faith, trusting on God's word, relying on him, And not by sight, our subjective feelings for what we cannot see in the fog of our life. When we feel God is distant and we feel alone, it's good to pray and turn to God's word. And remember that Jesus died for you 2,000 years ago and rose again. And what he said about himself is true and we can trust him. Listen to some of these words from Jesus Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In my father's house are many rooms. I go away and prepare a place for you. So our God is the main initiator of our reconciliation with him. He proves his love for us when Jesus died in history so that we can trust him, although we might not always feel that he's near to us. So moving to the third heading, we are saved from God's wrath and reconciled to God through Jesus' death and resurrection. So our relationship with God was broken on our side because we were ungodly, sinners and in fact enemies with a deep hostility to God's authority We have departed from God's way and fallen short of his standard and missed what God has created us to be. But our relationship with God was also broken on God's side because God hates sin. And even though we do our very best to mend the relationship, it's still broken on God's side. In Romans chapter 2, it says that because of your hardened and unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. Now it's important to remember that God's wrath here is not God losing his temper. It's God's holy hatred of sin. So sin is like living in darkness, and the holy judgment of God is like it being exposed to the light of God. In the previous chapters in Romans, uh, the apostle Paul shows that God has already done The really difficult thing of justifying rebellious sinners through the death of Jesus on the cross. So Jesus took the wrath of God against himself, on on himself, against us on himself, and mended the broken relationship on God's side so that we can receive this reconciliation. So the word there is we have received this reconciliation because we were helpless to mend this relationship. More than that, the Apostle Paul encourages us and reminds us that if god reconciled us while we were his sin um, his enemies how much more will be saved on judgment day and be raised to eternal life and glory that jesus has now been raised to life so we can be confident that jesus death and resurrection will give us our reconciliation now and forever and we can be assured of a place in the new heaven and earth So, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. So what does that mean for us now? So we started off by asking, what is the major problem in our world? And we saw that broken relationships been the main reason. That's why God's word sees Jesus' death for us as the main solution to the broken relationship between God and humanity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, we see that this reconciliation is the solution for humanity's problem. It says, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, now counting their trespasses against them. And this is the big picture that Jesus died on the cross because God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses or sin against them. So what is your response to God's word today? Uh, To make it personal, let me share my story. I was brought up uh, as a devout Roman Catholic and very serious about my faith, but I was never too sure if I was good enough to get to heaven. I always thought, it'd be a height of arrogance for anyone to be able to say they're sure they can get to heaven of course my assumption was i was uh, i needed to be really good enough to get in a place in heaven now I remember on good friday kneeling before the crucifix pondering on jesus suffering on the cross i've been taught that jesus died for the sins of the whole world but i did not appreciate this personally until I believe he also died for me. Now, even after I believed that Jesus died for me, I did not appreciate God's mercy and grace in what Jesus has achieved on the cross. I would always try to live a life as perfectly as possible. But I was never too sure whether I was in God's good books when I sinned and asked for forgiveness. And then I would sin again. I'm not sure whether you ever felt this, but it's really tiring to try and live a good, clean life before God by trying to do your very best. My focus was not on Christ, but on my trying very hard to do my very best before God. Now, I did not appreciate that I've been justified before God and been declared not guilty, not because I'm sinless, but because Jesus took my place and died for my, and died for me. I did not appreciate that I have been now reconciled before my Heavenly Father. And if I have a peace in the new heaven and earth, it's not because of who I am and what I did, but what Jesus did on the cross for me. Now I now know that the, my recon- reconciliation with God is from the start to the finish initiated by God. While I was helpless, God proves his love for me by sending Jesus to die for me. I do not need to live a perfect life so that I can be accepted by God. I only need to trust Jesus that he took my place on the cross. And I do not need to suffer God's wrath on Judgment Day. So I thank God that I can receive God's reconciliation. I know God is interested in changing me to be more like Jesus. So that I need to trust and obey my heavenly Father, who is sovereign, wise, and good. For whatever comes my way, I I can be confident that God has started who started a good work in me will make it complete until the day of Jesus Christ. And that was the verse given to me in my baptism. I've shared my story in response to what God and Jesus has done. What is your response? To God's gift of reconciliation. Now if you are not a believer or would like to find out more of who Jesus is and what he did, you can come to talk to me or our pastors or you can come and enroll in what Andy has uh, told us about this Christianity Explored course which we'll be running very soon. Now if you are trying to come to God based on doing the right thing, to be accepted by God, you know how tiring that is. You'll notice that some days You'll be proud about what you've achieved. And some days you'll be depressed about your failure. Maybe you should consider what Jesus has done in reconciling you to God. And not doing, just doing the right thing. Now if you're a Christian who think that God will only accept you if you continue to do the right thing, then you need to remember that God took the initiative before you did. And Christ died for you while you were a helpless, ungodly sinner. So, you are to put your hope not in doing the right thing, but on Jesus who loves you and has reconciled you while you were his enemies. And we can be confident that God, who has started the good work in you, will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. So, Jesus has died to reconcile us to God so that we can have a certain future hope and glory. What is your response? to God's gift of reconciliation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus who died for us while we were helpless. Thank you that you proved your love to us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. Thank you for giving us a certain hope and glory because Jesus rose again. Help us to see our true condition before you. Help us to turn to Jesus in humble repentance, acknowledging our need of a Savior who took our place on the cross by dying for us. Help us to continue to trust Jesus who has done everything to reconcile us to you so that we can trust him and his word and be assured that you will bring us uh, to heaven. In his name we pray. Amen.